Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. One of the things I'm seeing with the the cancellation of schools is our students falling into something I call the summer trap. So I used to work at a school and students and staff alike, you know, during the school year, we didn't have the time to get to the things we needed to get to or the things we wanted to. So we would create this, this hypothetical, this narrative about, you know, this summer, hmm, I'm going to get so much done. You have no idea. I'm going to learn to play the violin, speak Mandarin, rebuild the engine in my Ford truck, get really fit, super shredded, write a book. We all had our versions, students and staff. We all had our versions of all the things that we were going to do over the summer, the people we would become. I mean, really, it was going to be the process of becoming self-actualized. It was going to happen every summer. And in my case, it never did. I never got to those things. And here's why. And it's a common mistake that, that many people make, and I'm seeing many students make it currently with what's going on, is when we transition from a highly structured period, aka going to school, into a less structured or like not structured at all, period, in this case known as summer, but so many people do it and I would do as well, is, you know, I'd be so stressed at the end of the school year and, you know, kind of sprinting towards that finish line that I would justify, I would give myself permission. You know what? I'm going to take like a week off, you know, just decompress. I'd often use the D word. I deserve a week to just do nothing. What would happen is usually the week would uh, uh, turn into 10 days and then two weeks. And believe it or not, I never got to all those big projects that I told everyone I was going to get to. And one of the main reasons why is this. So remember, the brain loves habits. It loves routine. It doesn't care if they're positive or negative. It's how the brain conserves energy. It just wants to make things automatic. So what the brain does When you transition from a certain routine, a certain schedule, a certain location, when you have a significant transition, the brain panics. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Please tell me what we're doing. Please let me know as soon as possible what we're going to do on a daily basis. So because it's panicked, whatever you introduce in those first few days, that first week, that first couple of weeks will be so much more likely to become what the brain decides is going to be automatic. What we'll be doing or not doing for the foreseeable future. So you can use this understanding of the brain and its need to create systems, routines, habits by realizing and then implementing a healthy, helpful routine immediately because you know it's going to stick It's going to be much more likely, much quicker to become automatic. So with our students, 
and, and, and you, so many of us uh, working from home, don't fall into the summer trap. Now, this doesn't mean that, that, that your days need to be, or, or students' days need to be as structured as they were, you know, two weeks ago, but we do need structure. We fall apart without the structure. We say things all the time like, uh, you know, we just want to be free. Freedom. Freedom. That's only good, right? Yeah, somebody, would you like to have 100% freedom on a daily basis? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. But what people will realize is that too much freedom, you know, no structure, doesn't go very well. When we are free to wake up whenever we want, go to sleep whenever we want, eat whenever we want, eat whatever we want, guess what? It doesn't go well. So I'm already seeing this with, with students you know, that I speak with. They haven't implemented a routine yet because there's this great justification of, hey, we got a pandemic going on and school is canceled. I deserve a break. I'll get to the structure. I'll get to the productivity at a later time. So what you'll find is without the structure, without, without these systems in place, not only do you not get anything done, but you don't feel very good about yourself. Human beings need structure. So what I think will happen, when, what I think is already happening with what's going on currently is there's going to be a big split. There will be people who choose to create structure in their lives because they know that they need to practice self-discipline. And we are all tasked with doing this. And on the other side, there's going to be people who choose not to implement structure in their lives. And what you'll see there is a person become unwell. Unwell physically, intellectually, emotionally. And you know how much I love quotes, three quick quotes on habits. Aristotle, we are what we repeatedly do. Success is not an action, but a habit. Next quote, successful people are simply those with successful habits from Brian Tracy. And finally, chains of habit are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken. Warren Buffett. So now you know. Don't fall into that trap. If you're going to give yourself time, give yourself a day, give yourself two days, but please implement some structure in your life. Help your child, your adolescent, implement some structure, some routines as soon as possible. So what I've been doing uh, with, with the people that I work with for the past few weeks, knowing the importance of habits, I've been using uh, dimensions of wellness to create the routine. So PIES, another acronym, dang, PIES, P-I-E-S. So looking at physical wellness, intellectual wellness, emotional wellness, and social wellness. Every day, building in a routine, a habit, an activity that helps you remain well in this incredibly difficult time. So real quick. Some of those uh, definitions, physical wellness, 
recognizing the need for physical activity, healthy foods, and sleep. Intellectual wellness, recognizing creative abilities and finding ways to expand knowledge and skills. Emotional wellness, coping effectively with life and creating satisfying relationships. Social wellness, developing a sense of connection, belonging, and a well-developed support system. So every day, what can we do in these areas? What are you doing to take care of yourself physically? There's so many great apps. Uh, Seven-minute workout, 10-minute workout. You can do so much with body weight, push-ups, air squats, got a pull-up bar. You get super fit at home. Are you choosing to eat healthy consistently at regular times? Are you getting enough sleep? Intellectually. Now, now this can be different than academic. Just doing school doesn't mean that you're, that you're satisfying the, the intellectual wellness requirement. So what are you doing? What are you into? What are you learning about? What creative endeavor are you pursuing? How are you trying to have a more engaging, lively, meaningful relationship with, with, with the world around you? Or I guess in this case, a very small world being, being your home. But there's so many, there are so many things, works, books that will help us grow intellectually. Emotional wellness. What are you doing to take care of yourself emotionally? So I know this is kind of built into it. We're all coping in different ways with something that's incredibly difficult emotionally. This is where I like to introduce mindfulness meditation. Please, please. This thing that you never have time for because I'm talking to parents and students alike. I don't have time for it. I love that, uh, that quote. Um, everybody should meditate for 10 minutes a day. Unless you're too busy, then you should meditate for a half hour a day. Now, so many of us really don't have that excuse that we don't have five to 10 minutes to practice mindfulness meditation. And it will change your life. It'll change your kid's life. I love sharing with young people that 10 minutes of mindfulness meditation on a daily basis will actually change the structure of your brain. This adolescent brain that is more plastic, more malleable than ever at this time. It will actually change the structure. It will shrink your fear-based reactivity emotional system. And it will add gray and white matter to the prefrontal cortex, which believe me, it's a good thing. And so here comes in the beauty of technology. I'm always sharing with young people these apps, these apps that I like, these meditation apps. My favorite being Calm. Headspace is a good one. There are a lot of them out there. So all they need to do is access their phone for like five to 10 minutes a day. Most of them have the time. And most of us have the time. I really like the Calm app. I've been sharing with people that I work with. Um, there's this, there's this uh, new meditation program. It's a 30-day program. It's available on Calm. It, Obviously, this podcast isn't big enough to be like being sponsored by Calm. So don't say, oh, he's selling out. All right. No, I just really like the app Calm. It is a paid app. But if you do have the money and, and, and your adolescent is willing to, to try it, whoa, what a great investment. So I've been sharing with the people that I work with who are uh, most resistant to the idea of meditation. You think, they think you got to like climb up onto a, a mountain and sit cross-legged at, uh, you know, uh, at sunset with your, with your hands uh, in that pinched position. I don't even know what that position's called. 
it's probably a yogic position. Who knows? I don't. But so many people, so many young people have the wrong idea about what meditation actually is. So I've been sharing this, uh, uh, this 30-day program that is on the Calm app by Jeff Warren. And it's a 30-day track called How to Meditate. 30 days, about 10 minutes a day. What I love so much about it is this guy is able to explain meditation and all the different practices, what it's about, how you do it, how it changes your life. He does it in just like a really clear, you know, down to earth, cool way that I'm finding really connects with young people. Okay, sales pitch over with a call map. Try Headspace, try any of them. So many of them are great. And then finally, going back to this, you know, setting the schedule around these four facets, these four areas of wellness, socially. How are you going to remain well socially at this time? Thank goodness for technology. I've encountered so many adults through the years who just, you know, think technology is just the devil. Only bad. Could do no good. I think now we're seeing the positive side, the benefit of the technology. We can connect with other people. Yes, currently we're not meeting with people in the best form possible, the in-person hang. But we can still get the majority of our social needs met using technology, FaceTiming, video, calls, texts. These things are keeping our youth, ourselves well. So please access them. I've just been trying to FaceTime people more. I used to hate it. You know, when you get that FaceTime call, I thought, how dare they? What? What are they doing? That was always my reaction when I saw that I was getting a FaceTime call. So I'm trying to do a lot more of that. Trying to stay well. Trying to stay balanced. So remember, in your life, in your child's life, it's so important to implement structure, implement routine as soon as possible. Possibly you can use this idea of using pies, physical, intellectual, emotional, and social wellness to build a schedule, build a routine, to create the balance needed. Yeah. Create. We don't find balance. I love that quote. We don't find balance. We create it. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, perspective parents.com spelled out that's perspective the number four parents.com thanks again <laughs>